Welcome to the Well You See podcast. I'm Adam, and that was our new intro music, which hopefully isn't terrible. And we've got who else I'm, with us today? I'm Samuel. That was so professional. I, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and with us, we've got Joe. Joe, who are you and why are you here? Uh, my, yeah, I'm Joe Spanier. Uh, I'm also on the Makers on Tap podcast, and I'm here because I talked to Adam about. Things like what we're going to talk about today, way too much. So, is it is it too much? Is that I mean, it's the right it's amount. Kind of we're just doing it a different medium now, right? <laughs> and, and honestly, that music was perfect, especially for our topic tonight. I, I thought so. I mean, I always like the sort of chip tuning kind of things. Yeah, but yeah, this is a great segue. Our topic is Ready Player Two, which. We we've all just read somewhat yeah. recently. Yeah, like, finished it last week. So yeah, okay, yeah, nice. I I read it within like forty eight hours of it coming out, and then I don't know when you read it, Joe. I, I, about the same. I okay. you finished it a little bit ahead of me, but right. yeah, we kept similar paces. I, I think two weeks ago, I was just like, oh yeah, I should read that, and then <laughs> then I did. It, it was a short read. It's not like it's a. No, it's it's not overly complicated, but it, it, it was good. So, yeah, um, what did you all think compared to, obviously, Ready Player One? I didn't like it <laughs> <laughs> overall. It's all right. We expect we respect all people's opinions here. Yeah. Um, Even the wrong ones? I didn't say it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I... I thought it had a lot of good ideas in it. I just, it didn't capture the magic in the same way. Like the way, it, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. I, I felt, a little, I said this to, to Katie, my wife, that it, it was a little bit to me like The Matrix 2. It was really good, but they've already done that sort of thing. So it wasn't really that new. Cause like when the matrix came out, it was just jaw dropping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the matrix too, that bar was so high and they had, you know, and I don't mean like, I don't like it. Like, Oh, this book is terrible. And like, I like threw it across the room in, in a fit of rage. I just mean like looking yes. back at it. I was like, eh. yeah, I, I loved ready player one. I've listened to it multiple times and forced my daughter to listen to it and like um i was so excited for ready player two and there were parts i really really liked but i'm kind of with you guys where it was so i don't know if it was that it was done before but (sighs) yeah i don't know (laughs) well it's also one of those where like when um, it's because it's Ernest Klein that read it, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So when he wrote Ready Player One, VR was a twinkle in the eye, yes, of some tech nerds. And I mean, like, I remember, like, when I was in college, they actually had like a VR lab, 
And it was like this crazy thing that was amazing. But like, it was still like the giant headsets that were like three times the size of your own head. And it was like, the screens were CRTs strapped to your face and the graphics were terrible. I mean, it, it was like original Tron level graphics, yeah. you know, VR. So like, it was kind of cool, but oh, not yeah. I, to what we have now, not immersive. Yeah. I remember in the nineties, there was a, an indoor arcade accelerama that had like the, the VR, like it, it was like the ready player one setup where it had like the treadmill on the ground and like the, the oh, horrible, geez. like, yes, no, no texture, 3D graphics, and it was just it was like twenty dollars for ten minutes or something. You know? Right, yeah. right. We had that same arcade here. Uh, not I, the I same. I watching something about that, and it was like, I think that they, the arcades actually had to rent those. They were like twenty thousand dollars a month or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, which is one of the reasons why it was like, you know, ten or twenty bucks for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's funny like thinking about that, and then thinking about like the the movie Ready Player One, where I'm like, that's the, literally the, I've seen that setup <laughs> where he has like the omni treadmill on the right, beat yeah, and that, yeah, right. Well, and they're they're finally kind of getting to better versions of that now. Um, although the c- complete random tangent with that, I remember seeing a thing. I don't think it was like a company that made this, but a guy put omni wheels on sneakers. And instead of having a treadmill, just made it so he had sneakers that he could walk all he wanted and he wouldn't go anywhere. Huh. Sounds like, like how I break my neck. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it was a good idea. Like they, they basically just would always oppose whatever motion you were trying to move in so yeah. that you would stay in the same place. It's like a, a, oh, a, a Stooges bit. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> way to happen. Right. But, but no, I, going back to the book, I think like, there were uh, there were sections that I liked a lot, it, even though. Like the, but I feel like he was trying too hard almost. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that was a a lot of the book for me was it felt like they were trying too hard. Right. It didn't have the natural progression and feel that, uh, ready player one had or that his other book Armada had. Armada um, was amazing. I've not yet read Armada. So Uh-oh. you're saying I should. <sighs> yes. No, and I, I, I think one I, part of that was, was pacing. Cause this was about, you know, seven shards. And the first book was about three keys. And like yes. th- three is a magic number for a reason in stories. Cause like yeah. around time, I, like on shard six, I'm like, when is this going to wrap up? I, like, I was, li- I was literally getting anxious. I'm like looking at the time left in the book and like going like, dude, hurry the hell up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Which I think is where it fell apart for me because after they left, um, uh, was it Planet Sherman, the the John Hughes planet? Yeah. Oh right. Like the book just Sherman, kind of just yeah. he's just like, all right, like let's get through this. Let's like get some shards. There's no puzzle. Let's just go fight Prince and uh, some Lord of the Rings shit and uh, let's go. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and even the Prince thing was just like speed run i mean it was literally like hey h we're gonna speed run the crap out of this straight through and there's also like no like puzzle about it like it was just like i don't know go fight prince like was the yeah they they relied on h to just like oh you know i've known about this quest in passing for my entire life in the oasis and oh by the way i also know exactly how to get through it all but i've never done it before even though i'm a massive prince fan like none of it apparently the like basically no one's ever defeated them. Like, yeah, yeah. but, but suddenly they're all. going to perfectly. <sighs> that was also right. a really weird choice. Cause like Prince hated VR. Like really? really? Yeah. Yeah. He, what, he, 
they interviewed him in, in the late nineties when the whole holographic like talk to the ghost of Lenin and have uh, and he okay. was just like he literally called it demonic. He was just like I like I absolutely never want to be a hologram. Was so oh, it's just like wow. a, a really weird choice to be well, like that's, that's interesting too, because they actually mentioned in the book how like Prince in his later years like found religion much more deeply and like, you know, even decided that that anyone who wasn't straight was bad and just all of those things. And I was just like, okay, you're Prince, but yeah. sure, whatever. So now I can kind of see if like, if he like somehow got hardcore into that sort of thing that he would suddenly see it as all just demonic. I think he just like, I mean, it's hard to tell because it's Prince and when he does the interviews, he kind of <laughs> meanders a bit. <laughs> but I think he just didn't like the idea of like unnatural music. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. That's weird. I did not know that. But the, yeah, the pacing thing got me to, and I think I, I'm hesitant to tell you to read Armada. Okay, uh, Armada's great though. I I mean loved the first seventy percent of Armada. If it helps, <laughs> the Last Starfighter is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> then you, you should absolutely read Armada. Armada's amazing. See, now I'm just like, well, shit, Sam, go read Armada so we can come back and have another episode that's Armada. I mean, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I've read Armada probably six times. Um, oh, wow. So, like, yeah. Also, for, and I know, Sam, you, as I say, read things with your face instead of with your ears, like we, like both Joe and I do, which is fine. But, like, one of the reasons why I've, I've listened to Armada so many times is it's narrated by Will Wheaton, as yeah. are the other two books. And well, he's, like, the, just, the official, like, narrator of so, so many good uh, sci-fi. Like, yeah, a handful of them. Like, Ernest Cline, all of his, most of John Scalzi's stuff. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, not, not most of it, but a lot, many of them. I think it depends on what it is. Like, the Old Man's War series is different, completely different yeah. narrator. Um, and then there's the ones that he wrote for Zachary Quinto specifically, which no, that's fair. I, I, I respect love. Will we, and I just don't do audiobooks. I like to read my face. I know. I, I only know. recently converted the eBooks. Like I used to be like, no, give me, give me that, that dead tree, <laughs> the dead tree paper stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Joe, see, th- this has been a long, long, long running argument between me and Sid. Yeah. I, I just disparage your audiobooks. I just, I, I like I to, I, I like do. words on a page. It's, I miss words on a page. I just don't have time for them anymore. And right. like so audiobooks kind of scratch that itch, you know? Oh, it's totally fair. And I mean, I love radio dramas as a separate thing. I just, yeah. Um, anyway, anyway so pacing is what we're talking about, <laughs> which we're obviously pros at. Yes. <laughs> Such pros. No, I, so like, okay, so let's, let's like go through the book. Like yeah, beginning right. to end and that will i think that will help <laughs> our, our pacing right like, i really i like how they picked up like there was no time drop between the first oh, book totally. ending and the next book yes. starting but um, then <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like there was no time drop and then there was a big gap but yeah yeah it was but that was nice to just like okay so here here's what happened immediately after because like when they ended it was such a cliffhanger of like oh crap they have effectively control of the world now how yeah. is this going to go <laughs> right yeah well and, he, and even actually you know you like you semi joke about control of the world but uh, and this is mentioned 
very early in the book, the Oasis became so wealthy that they paid off the United States debt. Yeah. Which is just like <laughs> complete. Completely and utterly mind blowing. Like not only that you're a clearly multi trillion dollar company, that but that so much of that you're like, oh yeah, that's uh, what, what are you at twenty trillion? Or we'll just write you a check. Here you well, go. That's why. Like that. That was the whole bit of them having like the rights to everything. Like you want World of Warcraft? Yeah, we bought Blizzard. You want Lord of the Rings? Yeah, we paid a token estate. Yeah, you want. Yeah. Like- <laughs> well, granted, that kind of makes sense because like when you're literally the only game in town for completely immersive vr even before the o and i and we'll get there but like when you're the only game in town for that it's like as any rights holder to anything you'd be crazy not to license it to someone because oh, yeah. if you're also getting a shit ton of money on the, off of that yeah like but yeah that, yeah. that, that that's kind of the next thing that happens is the the o and i headset which was i mean it it makes sense as a book that came out nine years later to move to that kind of style of vr for your story because I feel like he yeah. was talking about an Oculus Rift on his face in it twenty was twenty nineteen was the book came out? Twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. It came out in November. That would yeah, feel weird. You'd be like, what kind of retro story is this that he has like haptic feedback gloves? Like is this yeah. giant demonic? And, like, and yeah. yeah, and they'd already done that, and that's the that was the next level is to just have complete neural immersion into it. Although that that was funny to me, because like he puts it on and he goes to holiday study and he's talking about like the smells and everything and i was like what like how did no one notice the extra like terabytes of smell data in the yes, right <laughs> yes i had the exact same thought i'm just like you know i'm like okay as a programmer what the hell guys why is our database so big <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that yeah because well also like how much of the the Oasis code base was like encrypted and locked, and no no one could edit it? I think that's kind yeah. of a a plot point. Like, there's no developers that work for was it GSS? Yeah, because like, no one seems to like know the code base. No one's like, oh yeah, I know about this section because I wrote the the jogging physics for you know. That, just- that was my feeling at first, except for that like. Then later in the book, it was like they had oh well the the technical team has created a patch for whatever, and they were they were coming out with patches for the O and I, so like there were clearly devs there, but like and I I get it, it probably is like one of the most massive source code base of like anything ever created. Yeah, I feel but, like you you might notice like scent of oak polished. Scent of pine, dusty, like just somewhere. Right. Yeah. That's got to be in a database somewhere. It's taking up storage. It's taking up space. It's in a structure somewhere. Like, unless like the entire thing is programmed via neural nets where, you know, it's all machine learning and we're just like, I don't know how it works. It's really a a doorway to the astral plane. And then like, there's no code involved at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the um, the part that really got me was uh, the Cura programming. Like, how how was he working on the O and I so early that he was able to do a full brain backup of Cura with like, oh yeah, this is all about spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, that's our our 
normal disclaimer. We will spoil <laughs> anything we're talking about and possibly several things we are not talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, how yeah. how did was he working on this so early that he was able to pull a full brain backup of Kira while she was you know still super young and he was still young and dumb enough to do some such a thing? Yeah, because you look at the timeline, he did that like before now. Yeah. yeah. So like. He did it in like Sometimes, the 2010s or something. Yeah, like the 90s or the 10s. Or, like it's not clear exactly what. Yeah, yeah long right. long before he was sick, and you know, way far back enough that I that bugged me. That bugged yeah, me too. Yeah, because because actually now that I think about it, the um, Halliday and Og are really only like a little bit older than all of we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'd be talking about doing a full brain scan right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, but no, no. We, we can't do that. I mean, granted, it's like he had, you know, the, the company was already huge and they had put in, as they described, like, you know, just billions and billions of dollars into like neural interfaces. But then also somehow managed to run this like black project that was only like, you know, one of those were like had all these different cells of scientists and only he knew how it all went together. The, yeah. the, the Batman methodology for. Right. For yeah. right. Things. It's like, huh, this looks like it would go on a giant tank car thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I keep recording the smells of everything in this lab? I don't <laughs> right, know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I never quite understood how he did that. Which I mean, I granted, I get it. It's it's narrative exposition. Like we're not yeah, really. I, I, honestly, I, if that was the only issue, I would forgive it. <laughs> like, <laughs> fair enough. All right, so we're up to the O and I. We're up to the O and I, which is like the big time jump, which is. Yeah, I, I always hate time jumps in stories like that. Where I'm like, no, no, the in between part is stuff I care about. <laughs> well, that's one of those where the in between part gets described throughout the rest of the book. It's true. Right? It's true. But you, it, you find out later on, like what happens between him and and Artemis and all yeah. of that stuff. It gets played out through the rest of the story. I felt like he did a good job with the relationships between the High Five. Yeah, we can, yeah, for they, sure. They are totally the personality types that like once they don't have that common goal in, in common anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they're going to drift apart because they were all loners to begin with. So they, they had the, the major goal of the first book to bring them together and to make them work together. And now that's like dissipated and there's a, there's a rift, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I even, one of the things that struck me as interesting with that is, it actually, like, it didn't shock me at all that they drifted apart. Partly because if you think about it, they, he knew H yeah, for yeah. a while. But Artemis and Daito and Shoto, he met, like, within days yeah. of the end of the book. Which yeah. means, it, like, of course well, Artemis, they're not. Artemis a little while before that, because the book takes place across a month or two, right? Yeah, it's a few months. Okay, I don't, I don't, the movie takes it for oh, me because like, yeah, the movie was like four right, hours. You're total. right. Like they <laughs> they meet up and then and then like don't talk to each other for a while. Okay, so even still, it's, it's like, like I, th- I think Daito and Shoto are pretty late. 
even yeah uh, yeah right yeah they're they're even later but then artemis and still it's not that long no no and and even it's it's made quite clear that like his entire relationship with artemis was like like post book you know book one was like a week yeah yeah and then they didn't see each other for like three years or yeah you know however long it was and, yeah and like, because of the ONI stuff yeah it kind of reminded me of like a, a summer camp romance kind of set up that they're yeah, going yeah. for <laughs> very much and he's still pining over her, but then it was like seven or nine days later he finds the ONI and puts it on and then everything explodes yeah no I, I do think I think that was handled well that was a realistic situation like like. You you right. you drift apart from friends you had younger, especially if you're all multi trillionaires and right. can do whatever the hell you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, suddenly you all have your own interests, your own goals, and uh, you're gonna go do right. your own thing. Especially when it comes down to that, your own goals are like clearly like just massive, massive like philanthropic things. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't remember if Daito was doing anything particular, but like clearly both Artemis and H were just like. Spreading that money around. They, as much they say as that, that he was doing something. He I was, forgot uh, what the detail was. He was helping the hidden children. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, the, yeah. The the ones that were basically no one ever saw them because they were inside playing video games all day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was raising money for them. And who who would stay inside and play video games all day? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, but, I wish I had yeah. time to do that, or gave myself the time to sit inside and play video games all day. I, I, I'm, I'm of the same ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then they they kind of like kick off the whole shard quest at that point because like he's like, oh well, the Odai got popular, and you know, through bucket loads of money, like we bought out right. everyone else, and then. They get to like the magic threshold. I think it's seven. Like I think it was seven hundred thousand, but all sevens basically. Or seven seven hundred seventy-seven million seven hundred seventy. All seven. Some number of sevens in a row. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's it's ubiquitous hardware now. So it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah, there was the the new quest video goes out, and like the the scoreboard changes for once and all. See, that's another one of those things too. I'm like, all right, so the holiday scoreboard is like running on a web server somewhere that like Nobody no one knows, knows where it is and it's just been running by itself and it works still. <laughs> yeah like what freaking server are they running this on because it's clearly the most stable thing in history yeah i i think that's i didn't have the problem ready player one because i didn't think about it but in this one like i feel like he didn't think through the mechanics of the oasis enough like you read like other lit rpg like he'll go into like they'll go to like detail they clearly have like a notion of how yeah. things are mechanically set up and like a map but it's like how they scoreboard like it's just like a wreck it ralph situation where there's just a giant like jumbotron in the middle of the internet like wh- <laughs> what are we talking about <laughs> yeah and, and that's true. It could be that his website is effectively something that's like hard coded into the Oasis. Like it's yeah. just as long as the Oasis is online, that is the server for but it. It's just funny because like the Oasis is supposed to be like this huge, like solar, like planetary system, but somehow there's a scoreboard somewhere that everyone looks at. Like it's uh, just it, in your is it in your HUD at all times for some reason. And yeah, like, I well, can't turn that shit off. <laughs> just, a scoreboard, and then there's the the big red button that. 
um, that uh, Parzival always has access to, right? That, yeah. You know, right. Nothing, nothing's ever going to break that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. More code that's like, so that's programmed in there, but you, you but nobody, didn't. nobody yeah, knew what, about this. What, what's this if root user and you get access to this subroutine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like the the um the robes of Anorak and all of that stuff and the the various weapons and stuff that they come up with. I mean, granted, like I I feel like however it was supposedly coded. And I, I'm sorry, Joe, but both Sam and I are programmers, so That's this is fine. where our brains go. Um, like, it, it's it's clearly just meant to be as much like magic as possible, because clearly you can do anything. It's I, I just feel, I feel like it would almost make more sense if it was just mag- magic, because it's yeah. like <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's my point. It's like well, I like had because tru- the only tool oh, the only tool people have to edit it are inside the Oasis. Is basically what you have to accept. Like people can't really edit it from outside for some reason oh. that's interesting from like a system standpoint though because like a lot of things like you you can do like base level edits but you have to take them down to do anything deeper right yeah and right. i don't think that the oasis has ever been down right and, and that's that's my point is that nobody's ever been able to take down the oasis and at this point in the story if anybody ever did take down the oasis that's like taking down the global infrastructure now exactly and because yeah. like no one could be like okay i want to find these seven shards cool let's uh search the database for like set like seven shard one and see like what its gps coordinates are <laughs> no one can right like, people can't like it's just you can't do that yeah so it is almost better to think of it as like someone programmed it but he was a wizard like a literal wizard and it's a magical yeah. location. Also, <laughs> I was in, in a way not really joking about the whole, like it's all machine learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of feel like it'd be one of those things where like the database is, it's not really what we would consider as a database today. And it's not like in a format that can be read. It's only understood by the system that has developed it itself over time. And it's, yeah, it, 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 it would be better for like an alien, like a crash alien spaceship. <laughs> or yeah. something and like it's like we don't know it just works <laughs> that, that concept of uh, databases and systems that you know we don't understand how they work but we know that they work and that on like certain tuesdays this number will change and we don't know why but when it does the lights go on in cincinnati like that's kind of terrifying right um <laughs> I, I mean and, and i feel like for some people that like aren't you know software engineers for the last 20 years of their lives like that might like that's kind of how stuff happens. Like I have to explain to my dad like what a web browser is like once a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And yeah. 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 So maybe that's what he's trying to capture. It's like this is this was developed by someone that was so smart that like it, it might as well be magic to other people. And and I think that is fair. I think that what you're kind of pointing out here, Sam, a little bit is that maybe we weren't the exact audience intended for that <laughs> aspect of it that's fair and, and I, I, i'm willing to let it slide like i i, I could we can like chat about it and and criticize it but it's right. not ruining my enjoyment of the book in any way but, yeah right? i mean it's not quite at that level but it does re- the talking about like the the programming side of things of it like in a way reminds me a little bit of when i tried to watch the macgyver reboot and nearly <laughs> had an aneurysm <laughs> 
What do you mean a starving tray can't stop a bullet? (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. So I've talked about this before. But it's like, it was one of those things where clearly the intended audience was the type of people who have no concept of the science and engineering that's going on behind what they were trying to do in MacGyver. Yeah. In the reboot. Unlike where the first one actually like the stuff kind of made sense. I feel like like you could. Don't pick it apart too much because he didn't. I feel like you could do that, like have the target audience and still have some respect for the background science. Right. Well, yeah. okay. if you look at a movie like uh, Gravity, which right. I pick it because it very intentionally has a simplified overall mechanics model that's just like, no, it just needs to look good on screen. And like, if you're an astrophysicist, you're probably like, birth of blood vessel. Like, there were points in the movie where I was just losing my shit. I'm like, you can't talk in space. Yeah. You can't. Well, that was that George Clooney was a hallucination. Uh, uh, that's right. true. Okay. You, you can go crazy in space. Absolutely. Um, but no, I picked that because he literally, like, if you read about that movie, the original script was like 30% longer, and the entire 30% he cut was oral, people talking about oral mechanics. Well, I mean, they did the same thing with the movie version of The Martian. Yeah, which yeah, would yeah. cut out the 50% of the book that was math. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, which, or, or you look at like the Expanse now. That's like the stuff is on screen, but we're not going to talk about it. Whereas if, if you're just like, no, no, it's magical, and if you're a programmer, just close your eyes and hum during those parts. <laughs> I, mean, I had a long conversation about this the other day with the Expanse because he's like, "Yeah, did you did you get why she was doing this thing?" And I was like. No, no, I I didn't even notice that at all. It's like, like, oh, cool. It's, it's like twelve pages of the book. <laughs> it's just that one sequence. Where you, I as really need to catch up with the Expanse. I've read did. all and, the books, and, and that is one we won't we won't spoil for people because if you have yeah. not seen the Expanse, it's, pause this podcast right now and go watch all <laughs> the Expanse. No, we won't talk about it anymore. And, and I haven't read the books. I've only I've only watched the TV show, but okay. it. It's the kind of thing where, as I said to Sam, that show is the epitome of show don't tell. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where it's they, if you're not paying attention, you they're not it. going to explain it to you. Yeah, yeah. I missed it. And that's so, why I haven't been watching it because, like, usually while I'm watching a show, I'm doing something else or like hanging out with the wife you or something. Absolutely cannot. And you with, can't do that with the expanse. There's no. too much. No, so, I I really need to stop doing that because a lot of times I'm I'm doing that like while I'm coding or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, anyway back to, back to our topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what other, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you should go ahead because I immediately lost my thought. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, so you know the technical critiques aside like the whole shard quest it felt very i mean i liked it at the beginning because like it starts off and there's like clever like wordplay and like puzzles to solve like Mm -hmm. uh the first shard is like about changing the time on whatever that home planet was uh oh yeah 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 and it it... (laughs) yeah the planet where every it's just 256 of holidays right yeah i forgot the actual name of the planet but like that like and like I was, it, I'm reading it on Kindle and I'm like, I like highlighted the riddle and I was like going back to it back and forth and I'm reading to be like, oh, I see what they're getting at and I try to like pace through it myself and think about it. Right. And and that trend kind of 
continues, like because the the second shard also has a a puzzle of some kind. Yeah, and all the way up to John Hughes' planet, there's like this like puzzle aspect. Yeah, and then like we were talking about, like at that point, it's just like, oh, I got like twenty more pages, and I got to get through this story. So like, like all of that suddenly just goes out the window, which was yeah, like. I- really the pacing issue for me like well i i feel like and this happens in armada too i feel like there's a Ernest klein is like i'm going to tell this wonderful story and i'm going to get really deep into it and i'm going to give everybody all the nerdy details they're dying for and like really really dive in and then you know he's he's like 60 percent of the way through the book and his editor calls him and is like dude Ernest, it's got to be at the press by friday get it done <laughs> And then he's just like, book's done, out, you know. That, it, I, yeah, that's literally what it felt like. Because he just, like, because there was, like, what, four chapters of John Hughes' planet? Yeah, and then, like, and then by the really time we're hard. getting to Arda 1, it's just like, and I don't know, we sung some songs, and there was a wolf or something, and let's let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, and that that's, yeah, that's kind of how, that's what ruined Armada for me, Um but it's still so good. You should, you, you should read it. Okay. Should totally That's fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll look out for that though. Um, but the, as soon as the quest started, I was just like, Oh no, here we go again. Right. And I, cause there was the, there was the wordplay for the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just like, he had the same formula uh, as he did for the keys in this book, but now we're going to do it seven times. And I, and I, I just felt like it was going to get monotonous and it did. And it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't it like keys five and six or six and seven were like, they got them at the same time. No, I'm not wrong. No, it, the, it implied that they would get oh, the six, put six right. and seven chart at the same time, but then they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it said like two of the shards were there and then they weren't. And, I don't know what to make of that. What? Yeah. So in the first book, we had Nolan Sorrento and the Sixers as yes. our, our bad guys. Right. And in this book, we had, um, we had Anorak. Yeah. The bad K- kind of like, kind he, of. Was the, he was the most absent bad guy in the history of, like fiction like just he set it up and then was like well i mean he he could be absent because basically he's just like well sorry suckers everyone's locked in the in the oasis and if you don't do my bidding they're all gonna die so peace and then i'm pretending to be a malevolent ai because i feel like that's gonna further my cause for some reason yeah when he first showed up as a bad guy i was like yes this is gonna be great we have we have like we have um Halliday's alter ego and it's going to be he's going to be super smart, he's going to be maniacal, he's going to be tripping them up every step of the way, like poking things in and screwing up their quest. And it's just constant it, he was just like Nagware. Like, hey, you got 7 more days to renew me before everybody's dead. <laughs> you know? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it looks like you're trying to save humanity. Well, Would you like to help with that? <laughs> <laughs> See, that? That comes down a little bit to like the one of the things that 
again, I'm not trying to just crap all over this book. I no, did, no, I did enjoy I, it. I enjoyed it. Like, uh, I have different levels of enjoying things. Right. Like, I can enjoy, like, the journey of reading something and, like, be entertained throughout and finish, and finish the book and be like, cool. I'm yep. happy I read that. Time for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, like, it was one of those where, compared to Ready Player One, I felt it was a hell of a lot more predictable. Yeah. Let me give you some examples. For one, the moment they started having hyper-realistic memory, memories of Kira, yeah, where he was experiencing it from her, I'm like, oh shit, he figured out how to back her up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, meet, like on the first one, and then it was like, and, and like Wade, like supposedly like the smartest person in the Oasis, has trouble with that for some reason. Right. Well, and also, and then, and then they were already doing that. And then at one point they're like, yeah, these O and I files are huge. And I was like, well, but again, like that was like the whole thing. Like no one noticing that there's smell data in there. They're all like, yeah, we got to increase our storage capacity because we're running out of space for all these huge O and I backups. We don't know what they do. Yeah. Oh well. They're trying to tell everyone, like, no, this technology is safe. We don't really know how it works, but it's safe. Yeah. And like, see, that's one of the other things, just a quick aside to all of this. Oh, yeah. When they that was used as a little bit of a crutch was that they didn't have to understand how it worked because they had the 3D print file. Yeah. Notice they oh, also had the 3D print file that was created decades ago that now could print basically atom by atom all of the electronics and everything. And I'm just like, yes, we'll probably get there. Well, you see, Adam, oh. what you don't know the secret of this is this this whole setting is actually a subsetting of the Magic 2.0 series. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, like I was thinking, because like, I think you've read the We Are Bob series, Joe, not- right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Joe has you have in those they have three D printers that are just like carbon atom, carbon atom, carbon atom, carbon atom, nitrogen atom, carbon atom. You know, like they literally print it one atom at a time. And I'm like, is this what they is that what they think three D printers are? Also, (laughs) if they have three D printers that can do that, why do they have any world problems? Yeah, yeah. Why is scarcity a thing? Well, because that's. That is effectively the Star Trek replicator. Like right. there might be a timing issue involved in that, but well, I'm like you need energy and you need rubber materials. And, and and you, like I know you can't make hot tea by putting atoms, but but as far as like how much just how much speed you give those atoms when you make the tea? There's no time, Adam. <laughs> 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 but yeah, as far as like post scarcity society, like that that solves that problem. Yeah, why why was why was any of that? Because like, how are they manufacturing the ONIs? They're three D printing them. How many are they making? Billions. Could you not three D print anything that anyone needs? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It, we only have this one file. <laughs> just, just, just the one. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I, I know I shouldn't like go like full like push up glasses on technology like that all the time. But it, it, it gets to be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, also, I think we're allowed when it comes to to the 3D printing side. Because, like, you see those two 3D printers behind Joe there. Yeah. That's tip of the iceberg. I see seven in frame behind you. 
<laughs> I mean, mine are just upstairs. It's, you just can't see them in here. Yeah, you, you just you can't see the others to the side. Of right. Mine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. There's a lot of like, yeah. That should have been a twist that like Halliday was an alien. <laughs> that's how he could make all this work yeah his, his level of technology was so sufficiently advanced that it just it was magic well, have, yeah. did you guys watch uh, the Umbrella Academy yeah yes. I mean, they did that if they could do that why not what do you mean wait which part have you not seen the second season of the Umbrella Academy I have, I have. all the way through they did, they did what exactly the old guy is an alien that's why he oh, was so smart. That's right. why he has Oh it. yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's all so many. It's all so many plot holes. If you decide what your main character is an alien, yeah. Right. So Just, at that yeah. point, it's like, well, I can't argue with that because, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly not not. We're assuming, but although, see, then if we go even further into this and get into well this is getting more towards the ending but now i'm like oh shit is this going to be one of those like battlestar galactica things where it all comes back around again i mean are we talking about ready player two or probably academy at this point ready because <laughs> that, that, that can already apply either one of those <laughs> no ready ready player two um with the, the, and, the sh- he kind of did that because i mean like with the epilogue where it's like it's full like cylon wade like telling you the story and like and that's what my meat sack grandpa told me <laughs> like, oh god i forgot about that part yeah, of the ending you didn't even have to tell him because he has all of his memories yeah and that's like if we want to dive into that like this is what prompted sam and me to say hey we should we need to do an episode on this is we went wait a minute they sent off a ship with millions of embryos mm-hmm. and no actual adults mm-hmm. which means like what are they doing? Like, congratulations, you've been born. Here's your O and I. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. just socket the fetus right into it. That fetus grows up, and then he dies, and they jettison the meat sack out <laughs> into space. <laughs> and- yeah, like, like when I when I made the illusion to you know it being like the Matrix Two, I it was for a good reason. Yeah, it was it all felt very Matrixy? I mean, they just didn't have to have a stabby thing into the back of your skull. It was all. You know, it was like those head massagers, non-surgical. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was. That brings up another thing. Since we're just gonna run all over the place, they made he made such a big point of that the headset could not move a millimeter. Like right. there were several references throughout the book, and that was not a plot element. Like that never came up. Of like, uh, it did. It, it did in the end when they. When they talked about how they couldn't remove the headsets, well, anyway. yeah, but like, yeah, but just the whole notion of where it's like it had to be like super bolted into your face. It's like it, and like it couldn't move at all. Like I just yeah. they couldn't like move it off your face, but that didn't require like the titanium clamping or whatever they were talking about to like. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then at the end there, Wade is like driving his his vault around his his mecca fighter <laughs> mech vault. Yeah, which is awesome. But I'm like, all right. Um, there's this thing called G forces, and I don't care unless you're suspended in a gel solution. Yeah, you're going to experience enough to change density. Yeah, that that, that exactly. A non-Newtonian <laughs> that that headset is going to move. Yeah, so, exactly. It, so like to your skull. Yeah, why did they go to so much 
or I say they, he go into so much detail about that and then have that like not be a fat. I, I don't know. That was weird. It stood out to me because he mentioned it like 500 times. <laughs> and I, I loved the visuals I got of him driving the vault around the, the town and would, like shooting with the guns. His, um, I'm hoping that there was like glass in the front and him just like you could just see him inside just like <laughs> <laughs> just passed out. <laughs> but still driving himself around. Yeah. Oh god, that's even better. I I was envisioning uh uh Tiny from Eureka just like going around town blowing things up and Yep. Uh, yep. Also, speaking of t- horribly telegraphed plot points, like he just like casually mentions that it's a like quadrupedal mecha with missile launchers, and then yeah, like, it just happens to be. Yeah. It just happens to be, and like that's not going to come up later, right? It's like okay, so yeah, yeah, no. It- I, I I mean I thought that was he did bring up kind of a I, I'm going to say cool plot point. It's just. I mean, he thought of something where, like, he talked about how there was, like, a new kind of crime of just, like, attacking people who were jacked into the Matrix. And I was like, that's actually kind of shows, like, some thought about the technology involved there. <laughs> that would, would 100% happen. Yeah. yeah totally. Would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, cool. So you're going to be unconscious for 12 hours and unaware of the outside world? I'm going to steal all your shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he's talking about all the people that would just, like, hole up in a closet somewhere. <laughs> Like literally, just like, well, I'm gonna lock myself in the closet. That takes care of that problem. <laughs> I, I, yeah, what I imagine yeah, what happened yeah. at that point is it'd be like Japanese capital hotels. Like you'd I like was just gonna say the same thing. Yeah, you like that'd be like big business of just like renting just like a coffin to stick yourself into. Here's your headset. I can see that. Yeah, it's like Watch. like armored plated, you know. You cannot get out of it. Like if you die in there, they're just going to turn on the incinerator because there's no way of getting you out. Like it, it just it just rotates. <laughs> <laughs> Where do the bodies go? I don't know. <laughs> Did you eat our meat mush earlier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, there's, there's your scarcity problem right there. Just <laughs> now, now we're going full matrix. Yeah. But yeah, even like with the, the the whole spaceship thing, like the the reason I was I was talking about Battlestar Galactica is it's like one of those things where like so were they in the Oasis the entire time? That was what I was wondering. Was like you know, like did, is this all, all bad dream back around to itself? Yeah, it, it and there's um uh Jeremy Robinson is another author that we talk about. Mm-hmm. kind of frequently he has a book called infinite um that is about a vr right. experience that is like, yes sam did did you read that i started reading it and have not finished okay. it that oh, that's, that's funny yeah i know that joe you and i have talked about that but actually i think it was another friend of sam and mine that recommended it to me and i read it it's amazing yeah yeah and that was a spoiler i mean you pick up on the whole vr thing like five seconds into the book because yeah oh totally but yeah, yeah. it's constant <laughs> I have no idea if he's in VR or not. Yeah. yeah. And then at well, the end, he doesn't know if he's in VR or not. He's just like, yeah, it's very much um, <laughs> inception. Like, well, yeah. especially if you're talking about like the neural interface you're talking about, like you, you wouldn't know. No, like, yeah. this is, this is a uh, like brain in a jar stuff at some point where you're like, I don't know if it's literally linked into my brain. What, 
Exactly. Yeah, your 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 brain literally is a brain in a jar. Yeah, and it's yeah. getting external stimuli via wires that are coming into the brain. That's how it works. Yeah. So if you can perfectly you, simulate that, yeah. No, that's reality stops existing. That's I mean that's that's philosophers have been talking about that for for a decade. So yeah, at least, like, what I really wanted to happen was for them to get all the way to the planet that they were going to. Like maybe this can be Ready Player Three. They get all the way to the planet they're going to, and they just find ruins of a situa- civilization that was destroyed by the great filter that is social media. Oh, <laughs> as, as they're described in there, oh, God, I, for, out, I forgot about that. And they it, find out that the humans that were on Earth actually had come from that planet, and now they've just just completed the cycle. Yes. And now they settle that one, and then in, a, in, in several thousand years, the Oasis gets built back up again, but were they still in it the entire time anyways? No one's sure. We don't know. It doesn't matter. And then they fly back to Earth, and then they find the ruins of it, and it's just like, you know, everything's... So it's just like Earth 1 and Earth 2, and you just go back and use ping pong? Is yeah. That, is that the idea? yeah. Mm-hmm. And they find out that it was all destroyed by Facebook and Twitter. That that checks out. That was, a, I, I have, that was a weirdly preachy like aside he did. Oh, the oh. the great the social media being a great filter. That yeah. was especially reading that in November of yes. 2020 mm-hmm. was the most it's, apropos thing ever. It was very surreal. Like there was it so was. much in the book that like was kind of, it, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I'll give him credit for that. Like he very much um, modernized the issues he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Right, like throughout, like where he went through like this whole thing of like O and I, and like how that affected people's gender identities. It's like, yeah, yeah I feel like that one hundred percent would happen. It's like what you just be that like, yeah, yeah, you can effectively experience any gender at any time. Then it, does it matter anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I, th- I, th- I th- like he he did do a lot of that, which was I thought was neat. Got- I think he kind of wasted. Uh, how do you say it, Logan? Loganheim? Loganheim? Low. The, the transgender character. Yeah. 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 She popped up for like four seconds. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And like, was like, oh, here's this answer. And he's like, here's $10 million. I'm going to call you later in the book. And you're going to be like a hair of a plot point for. <laughs> yeah. Also the fact that she's it, like, oh, by the way, I know something about where that leads to. And he's like, shh, 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 I, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I need yeah. to find out myself. And I'm like, I thought that was like, like almost like a spam a lot. Plot point, like where it's like, and like the quest for the door clear, and lo, it was epic. If only we had the budget to show you, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Which is kind of dumb when it's a book, like, yeah, more words, it's fine. Yeah, like he, he could have um, ping ponged between Wade and Lo. Oh, that would have been right, and like to have like different. I think that would have made you know, you know, you know, be really amazing to do a um. Ender's Shadow style. That's what I was just thinking. (laughs) I I could totally see him doing like a novella of uh, Lowe's experience. Of of Lowe with Lowe 5 and like what they actually went through. Because like the rest of the Lowe 5 died. Because she shows up by herself at the end. And you're like, well, that's something happened there. (laughs) Yeah. Or yeah, all their avatars got. Well, yeah, they didn't didn't physically die. But they, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah they really t- he totally should do a novella. It's just called the Low Five. 
So yeah, like I thought, I thought he like did this whole thing about like yeah, like let's let's get a a, a trans character in here and then shove them off into the corner and never talk about them. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was a little shitty to, to yeah. do that. And I felt like he was just like had like a checkbox. He was like, and trans character, I am woke. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he spent a lot of time focusing on Wade's sexuality. He does, and we, but in like weird ways. It was always like. I guess I mean, it, it, it kind of feel checkboxy. Yeah, I didn't think about it yeah. like that at the time. But... It's like, okay, Wade has a sexual awakening. Check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, mind you, he did the same thing in Ready Player One, which is Wade gets a sex doll. Check. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. we realize VR, everyone's going to use it for porn. Fine. Yeah. Get over it. And like, I, mean, I think I'm, I'm not criticizing bringing up those issues. I just think if you're if you're going to, you should do it in a, do it more in integrated it. way. Well, yeah. Especially yeah. given the fact that like Artemis was barely a character in this book. Yep. Right. She's there. But like I thought that Lo was gonna basically become the new Artie. Yeah. And yeah. nope. Not that he well, I I mean, they kind of set it up as potentially she was a love interest. Yep. But whatever. Also no. Like yeah, no. And it was just like which they didn't have to do, and that's that's fine, or he didn't have to do, and that's fine. But yeah, I, I thought that she was going to have, or they, I, whatever. I'm not sure. I think it's by the end of the pronouns. Right. I couldn't could remember what. Um, I think it might have been she, they, but I'll. Okay, sure. Yeah. But yeah, they could have made that character much more of a thing. Yeah. In it. But. And like, it even, me- like, he like briefly mentioned, like, that they went back and forth between a masculine avatar and a feminine avatar, except. Do you only know that because Wade told you that happened? Because yeah. it, it never happened on screen or no, your, your mind screen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, know, I know what you mean. Well, that, that that was one of those things that struck me a little bit. Sam is like because I'm hyper sensitive now to because you pointed this out to me. The fact that like they will only describe the tone of someone's skin color if they're not white. Yes, yes. His his olive colored skin glistened in the sunlight, and her 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 chocolate brown. And it's like there's no like his pasty white milky flesh <laughs> blinded everyone nearby. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know her alabaster skin, which is kind of more like from like older books where like it was the uh, it was in vogue to be like super pale because that, that means that you work. That's a different. That's that's yeah. a different set of problematic things. We could, that's that's a whole other episode <laughs> about the the whiteness and fairness being linked together in in old time. But yeah, because of that, it's like I'm always much more tuned in now to like when they're describing a character. Yeah, how look, you know, whatever. Just trying to like see if those things get pointed out. Um, no, it's something to pay attention to, and it 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 could be problematic, and it, it's I mean it's just. <sighs> Well, I don't say it's just, it's a issue of like author insertion. Like, like people like you are normal. So you don't describe them in detail. Right. But then you're like, okay, this person's black. We better make sure you know about that. Like, Yeah. In this case, it was, this person is gender fluid, but didn't, you know, Ernst Klein didn't like really spend much time on that beyond yeah. a couple. And I, I, I felt, cause I, I felt they could have done more of that with H in in the first book because yeah. H was, and they that just kind of got 
throw it away entirely. Because like, and now H looks like herself in VR, and we're never going to talk about the fact that she was the male avatar for a while. Like, I, I kind of read that in the first one, although I go back and forth on it on subsequent readings of, the, of Ready Player One that H used that avatar mostly because the Gunters were kind of a boys club. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I, I think it was uh, more could have been done with it. That's all I was saying. Not that more should have been done with it. Just no, totally. I, yeah. I agree. They spent a little bit of time, a little bit more time on it in the movie, which was yeah. one of the things that I, one of the few things I actually liked about the movie. The, there, for a lot of reasons, I just consider the movie didn't happen, but um, <laughs> the movie was problematic for a lot of reasons, but I like parts more than one part of the movie, but you go ahead. <laughs> the movie was fun to watch, but like yeah. I I felt like they did H's character justice in the movie. Yes. Um and uh, I appreciated that quite a bit. Yeah. The the movie is interesting in that, you know, they cut out entire sections, which I get it. Yeah. That's the problem with books is that oddly enough books are terrible to turn into movies. Novellas are great to turn into movies, but and books can be turned into 8-hour Netflix series. But, right. Yeah. Again, I love that that's a thing now. But um well, yeah, cuz like they're they're doing that with a lot of things. Like I think Queen's Gambit was a book and yeah. so all the part miniseries. Um but yeah, they cut that out and then there was also the problem of which is going to be the problem if they do Ready Player 2 is it is a licensing nightmare. Oh god, yeah. That's why Spielberg directed the first one cuz he was just like, well, it's all my work that they ripped off. Mostly. Yeah, but even then, they left a bunch of stuff out. Uh, yeah, like, there's no, no Ultraman, which, I mean, was like a yeah, major thing. That was, yeah, that was a huge part. There, I don't think E.T. shows up, Mm-mm. which is like, dude. You you directed it, bro. You made that. <laughs> like, no, 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 I don't want it to be about me. And we're like, it's literally about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it about me. The Iron Giant has like 45 minutes of screen time in the final <laughs> battle. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would be like if... If Ready Player Two, the movie, was directed by John Hughes and produced by Prince, and they're like, "We're going to cut all of those things with Shermer and the Prince Planet because we don't want it to be about us." They're yeah. like, but, but it is. Yeah, literally. Like, they and, uh, and I realize that they're both dead, but whatever. That'd make yeah, it that more. that uh, really a different. I mean, kind of tying what we're talking about the the loving tenderness he gives to like planet Shermer and like the amount of detail he has in it. Oh yeah. Compared to the Prince planet is like, okay, I could tell you were a fan of one of these things. <laughs> like, I don't know. I felt like the Prince planet had a lot of fan service in it, but I'm I also I learned a lot about Prince that I did not know. I yeah. felt like it had a lot of, I spent an afternoon Googling Prince facts and put them in my book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who knows literally nothing about Prince and has never really been a Prince fan, I felt like it was a lot of detail. But if you were a Prince fan, I, I yeah, I, I think because it, it, it was just wasn't rough. it wasn't the same treatment, and I, I made it made me realize I've only ever seen one John Hughes movie. Okay. So, which movie is that? Uh, the one with Long Duck Dong in it is that Sixteen Candles? Sixteen Candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, you've seen Home Alone. That's true. Sorry, I guess his his Molly Ringwald's face, which is mostly what that was about, right? Which, yeah, yeah it's funny that 
Because the Wet Bandits didn't show up, even though they should have. Oh, man, they should have. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. They had, like, the whole McAllister house and everything. And, like, that was one of those, like, I, I went down this whole rabbit hole, hole of, like, reading about John Hughes stuff. Because I, I, I knew a decent amount about it. But I hadn't realized, even though Home Alone was, like, my favorite movie as a small child. Yeah. Because I wanted to do everything that was in that movie. Right. Um, but I had no idea that it was written by John Hughes and like I was getting all this stuff and apparently people were like really mad about that John Hughes because of Home Alone because that was like to them like Home Alone was the end of an era okay everything before it was good and then the thing of it was is like his movies did well but then Home Alone made like 450 million dollars and it was enormous and then he became this even bigger thing for more normal family movies it was like oh shit if i actually write semi-normal things they're they do really well okay well we're gonna do that now that's interesting <laughs> but yeah just and the way he wrote it's Shermer and all that stuff just the way he wrote that with like the the triple faceted high school and like all this stuff like showed like right uh, like an affection for it where like yeah. the prince planet was like all right we got a little red corvette and you get a beret at secondhand store and uh, go do a Scott Pilgrim boss battle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, the, 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 like the synthesis of, of Planet Shermer was really cool. Well, then, like, they almost did that same level of synthesis with the Tolkien planet. Yeah. Like, there was so much detail on the Tolkien planet. And right. yeah, it was so far over my head. All yeah. of it. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I enjoyed that part. But um, but also that was a weird section where it's just like, and then uh, Artie shows up and knows all the right songs, I guess, because that's all you have to do is sing sing the songs, yeah, and then we're done. And, and and all of a sudden, like Artemis is like fine with everything. Yeah. We're on good terms again. We're going to talk again. I guess it was just because he she he endeared himself to her by making himself look like a complete ass by going into it completely half cocked and unprepared. I, I, you know, I had a choice, but Artemis like, was, was not a character in this book and she wasn't a character in the first book. Like she had never been like an actual character. She's been like an accessory for Wade. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's like a fetish item. And yeah. That, I didn't catch it on the first read. And then I I read a review where somebody kind of like passingly mentioned it. And on the second read, I was like, good Lord, like she, he made Wade so pathetic and like so over the top, almost a stalker, Mm -hmm. but made it in a way that you can, if you're not looking for it, you can like appreciate it. You can be like, well, he really loves her and she should forgive him. And like, he did it again in this book. I was really Uh, shocked. You made what he like literally stalks her or yes, or like, just like. Oh, I want to know more about Lowe. Cool. I'll just use my admin access to oh, learn God. everything about this person and like track them down to their home address. And yeah. here's a here's the secret video camera I installed in their shower. Like I, I, I feel like that was a little bit too that they were trying to I keep just saying they as if like As if there was a like like a committee that wrote this whole, the whole right. series. I yeah, I kind of felt like Klein was trying to show that Wade was on his way towards becoming Halliday. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Because Halliday totally was, I mean, like, 
you think it's bad enough that um, Wade checks out the live like ONI headset camera feeds from low to like see where she's at. But I mean, Halliday copied the fricking brain of the wife of his best friend, yeah. like yes. <laughs> to, to make a girl, to make a digital girlfriend for himself. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's real fucked up. <laughs> There's no other way to describe that. Like, yeah. And, and like, I, I guess like they kind of redeemed Halliday a little bit in the end by going, okay, so we tried to make him not 100% Halliday and remove all the bad things. But apparently when you lobotomize a digital version of someone, they go crazy. Yeah. yeah. And to Joe's point, that could have been a really interesting plot with like Anorak, like showing those really bad traits and like kind of Wade coming to that realization over time, not yeah. like suddenly in last 10 seconds. <laughs> mm, yeah. It, it, it was, yeah, it was very much like the, Wade and the power earned the power of love. Like situation, like and he was like. <laughs> so, I feel like we spent the last hour just ripping this book apart. Was there anything you liked? Oh, I liked a lot. So, yeah, sorry, I have this habit. Uh, Me too. I, honestly, I've been waiting since I read the book to have an opportunity to discuss all the problems I had with it with somebody else that cared. So that's fair. <laughs> no, and, and to be clear to anyone, I don't discuss anything i hate it like absolutely hate it to this level like if i didn't <laughs> like something i just i'm like well that sucked and i hug it over my shoulder and never think about it again like yeah, yeah pretty much all three of us are we're critiquing because we care yeah because we like it yeah, yeah. otherwise yeah like wow that was terrible yeah that was terrible don't don't watch that movie i was thinking <laughs> about watching this movie don't <laughs> yeah, yeah just don't <laughs> no right, I, it's, I, it's like I, I drum of hey, this looks good on Netflix. We should watch this. Twenty minutes in, we've totally watched this before. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. What were you saying? I, I mean, I I like the genre. Um, I I learned last year that it's generally referred to as a lit RPG for some reason, which is like this whole like you live in a, in a inside a game thing. And, oh, so like Magic Two is sort of the same thing. Yeah, kind of Magic Two There's one I'm reading now. Um. Viridian Gate Online. We can talk about that more offline. I, that wasn't a pun. I just... <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, I think it does give you an opportunity to talk about real-world problems in kind of a framework that you can kind of trick people into thinking about them differently, which we talked about a little bit with, like, the whole gender issues thing. Like, this genre, like, really lets you speak to that in a way that people might get. And I think unless you'd like think about like post scarcity in the same way, or like even as hampered as it was, like social media. So like, I think it's it's great for that. And I think he did an okay job at at least broaching some of those subjects. Right. Well, and like we said, like not that I, I don't want to say that I liked this, yeah. But the whole social media is a great filter thing resonated so deeply with yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was a really interesting thing to think about that was beyond just, Oh, okay. I'm having fun reading a science fiction. Book. Yeah. I mean, and, and as someone with like a shelf full of like video game and cartoon toys behind me, like I, I do enjoy a lot of the references, like where I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I just do like, I'm like, 
Wait, oh, you no. can you can live on Lord of the Rings planet? Like, tell me more. <laughs> like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. If 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 given the opportunity, like I I don't generally play video games often, but if given the opportunity to do that, that'd be kind of hard to turn down. Yeah, you know, and like the when they we, even when he was just talking about building the spaceship, like, that stuff was really cool. Of how. I love how he integrated the fact that, you know, the spaceship's being built and it's being built 100% by telepresence bots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously some automation and stuff, but the thing that it was is like, it kind of seems like despite the fact that they had the Oasis and like NPCs that were like ridiculously intelligent, um, that they still like complete automation. So like having a robot just go up and build the spaceship for you was not a thing yeah. as much like they yeah. had a little bit of that. It was like all the important stuff was people actually sticking on their own eye headsets and, you know, like be- basically beating their consciousness up to the ship and then doing the thing. And then, you know, doing that for 12 hours and then going home or, or whatever. Like yeah. that was really interesting to me. Um, it was fun because like, that's a real technology that we're working on right now. Yeah. Like, I last year when I went to Earth, the couple days before Aaron and I were at Earth, we went to NASA and we visited the Teleops lab where they're Shit. building. Oh, that's cool. Uh, robot arms that will do satellite maintenance. And oh damn, uh, somewhere around here, I have a patch from the Teleops lab. Like super cool. Uh, nice. And so, oh sorry, yeah, yeah it, it was is. I, I like when there's an, enough research done that it's like, okay, this, this technology is happening now. And in 15 years, it's relevant that we could be doing something like that uh, on a science fiction level, probably not in reality, but you know, budgets and things probably get in the way of that. <laughs> yeah. One real quick, two things, Sam, since you kind of gave a funny look, earth is the East coast right Pride festival. Ah, yeah. Oh, oh right. <laughs> thing. Yeah, Joe and I talk about this constantly, particularly because there hasn't been one for I, the last. All I can year. think of was the Will Smith Independence Day meme. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> and secondly, Joe programs robots for a living, basically. Oh, so cool! Like that's a particular. Actually, Joe has a robot arm in his shop now, and I am extraordinarily jealous. Yeah. That's amazing. We talk about more of that more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> I got it moving for the first time tonight and I'm really jazzed about it. So <laughs> nice. But yeah, so yeah, that's like the telepresence stuff was really interesting with, with the, the spaceships and just, yeah. Also when you apparently just have trillions and trillions of dollars to throw into like, let's, I'm going to privately build an interstellar spacecraft. Yeah. It's never been done before. Just do it. It's fine. Yeah. Just, uh, that, Wait, I should have criticized more about the book. We're, we're talking about good things. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it falls into the realm of like anything's possible with enough time and money, right? So, right. and money buys more time with more brains and more people. Like, you can just throw more man time at it, right? Especially like with building something like that. If you can do so much stuff by telepresence, yeah. like worker location is just a complete non issue. Yeah. Right. Like as we've all learned in the last year, working remote from a large swath of people is just a non-issue. Yeah, I mean, you may not like it, 
but it's a non-issue. Yeah, in well, terms of especially when apparently in this setting they've eliminated lag as a concept. Yeah, that I find that funny that, and this is a slight criticism, but they apparently have like so little lag that it doesn't matter. But there's also people that will like the real estate in wherever the fuck they are in Ohio is super expensive because it's right near GSS. Yeah. With zero lag. Right. Yeah. And like Wade literally has a direct fiber line to the, the Oasis, like not even just like to G- GSS, like it just goes direct into the Oasis. But like somehow like Shoto and Daito can talk to them in real time in the first book when yeah. they're in Japan. Right. Cause they, well, talk, yeah. they talk about Japan. They moved to Ohio at some point in the book. If I remember right. Right. I mean, you can have a phone conversation with someone that's in Japan from here, and it's generally yeah, yeah. fine. But can you have a uh, transfer of data that includes 18 lutabytes of smell data that you don't know about? <laughs> lutabytes. I love it. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess eventually, like, they've gotten fiber optic. Into I mean, I can't, I can't play a video game with someone in Tokyo right now. It's satisfying. Like that, it's really? actually funny. It, it brings up the Kate and I had a conversation about the Kessler syndrome yesterday. That's you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know what the Kessler syndrome is. I just don't know why we're talking about it. Oh no, I have a reason. So, Joe, the, the Kessler syndrome is the point at which um, space debris gets so bad that basically everything in space explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it it's what happened in gravity actually that's the, yeah. exactly what that movie's gravity about gravity is 100% the kessler syndrome yeah okay and uh, except in gravity like, orbit is a hula hoop but <laughs> yeah the, the the thing of it is yeah because it would be in specific orbital rings and stuff like that but anyways the idea is basically that like you know one satellite explodes and then becomes like thousands of smaller things which then cause other satellites to explode which yeah. it's an exponential growth um, and then at some then point, at that, you're, you're basically locked on your planet. Yeah. Not only can you not leave the planet, but you probably don't have satellite comms anymore. Yeah. So then we got talking about like how the fact that she's like, well, okay, so we would lose internet. And it was like, no, no. but it would be shittier. Yeah. But also, like, it would be more of an issue of bandwidth because actually the lag would be lower because geostationary orbit lag is like 400 milliseconds locked, and that's just physics. Yeah. But you would have lower lag over like fiber, like suboceanic fiber optic, but there's only a limited amount of bandwidth. So they would have to do something else. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, yeah, that, 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 they, they must have quantum, quantum internet as well. And well, so I mean, just yeah. straight up, straight up Ansible out of Ender's game. Yeah. But on earth, Hey, look, it would be awesome. We've actually done it. Just not at that scale. Have we really? Yeah. 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 They, they have, they have, teleported information through quantum entanglement okay yeah yeah i have no yeah <laughs> but it was like you know two bits it was like yeah. spin state type of things it wasn't yeah yeah and and the other thing i i do think klein um narrates well like he, his voice oh, totally. in his books is, is he writes well yeah. like i i can't i i can criticize plot point and nitpick how the internet works but like i can't i certainly can't write at that level and oh totally it, it's totally. he it is an entertaining like he it's an engaging read when he when he writes 
and I, I will. You know, give- I, I never gave him credit for that because I always heard Will Wheaton's voice. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He is writing the words that Will Wheaton is narrating. So yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and reading reading the face version, like it's you, you get you do get pulled into the story, like regardless, and that's that's no small talent. Like, I, I will say, when it comes to audiobooks, I do kind of miss that, like sitting down with a dead tree book and hours just melting by, having you know, no, like I, I don't even really remember reading it. I just remember the story, kind yeah. Of thing, and, yeah. And he, it's this book still did that. Like you're you're pulled into it. I mean, it's one of those things where like I'm up too late reading, and I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, you know, as an audiobook, you know, most of the time when I'm listening to audiobooks, I'm either working on projects or I'm driving somewhere. And right. often with this one, it was a book that you know I found myself taking the really long route home, <laughs> and then passing my house, and you know going out through the country roads for another 20 minutes, you know, cause it, I didn't want to stop listening to it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it absolutely was an engaging story for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you could nitpick details, but that engaging stories are, are still valuable, like, which is what I meant when I said, like, I, I liked it because I read it. <laughs> like, yeah. Just didn't just talk it when you're done. But sure there's something else that we were talking about with regards to the whole, like, you know, the new human race being sent off into space was going to. Oh, I know one thing. Like they, they said in the book, they're like, well, we're only sending computers. Therefore, we don't need to rad harden it as much. Yeah. And I was like, uh, that's what? not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when all these embryos are born? For one. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't matter if they're mutants. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. going to plug them right into the matrix anyway. They won't know. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a couple of years, a couple generations to get the mutant out of them. Yeah. <laughs> before we let someone walk around. That's that's yeah. not how that goes. Well, and I, I guess the, you call it the Vonnegut? Was that the spaceship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the Vonnegut, I guess it had the magic 3D printer to make a bigger oasis wherever it landed. Was that the idea? Of course it did. Of yeah. course it did. Yeah. It, it was, was a Von Neumann probe kind of idea. Yeah, it kind of was because it was like, well, we've got our own oasis and it, it's limited in size. But like his limited in size was like bigger than any computer system we can possibly fathom. And somehow it fits on a spaceship. Right. He did. He did make it like some reference to that. It couldn't run more than 12 AIs at once or something like that. There's some, there some like big yeah, reference to that. That was why they only had a few of them awake. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. So apparently, apparently, running AIs takes processing power. Of well, some, I, mean, I mean, yeah, you're simulating a human mind, so probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. So yeah, I guess the, the plan was to just, out of raw materials, build a giant server farm on the surface of Proxima Centauri B or whatever that. Yeah, it's like, it's like the paperclip game at that point, right? So you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean yeah i, I feel like that's like a, a star trek episode waiting to happen of the of like the enterprise finding the vonnegut and like well there's an entire society living on board the space station inside a fake universe like what do we do about that <laughs> right yeah yeah sam you really need to read the we are bob series yes yes you do because <laughs> a lot of that stuff is sort of covered 
not quite in the same sense of like they're all living. Well, I mean, they are all living in a simulation, but it's not like a bunch of them all in one simulation. Anyway. Yeah, and that, that would just be. I could just see like Picard interacting with that of like that they like go into it and there's a whole. <laughs> yeah, you really like, are. Need are, they, are these really people? It'd be like the whole thing that happened with the Doctor in Voyager because he's like a. This is basically the same oh, thing. The EMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, not Doctor Who. <laughs> right. There's um. There's a Stargate episode that's like that. Oh, there they is. go to a planet. Like it's like in a dome. Like there's this beautiful garden in a dome, but literally everything outside of that dome is like toxic acid gas. Yeah. And then like they find these people that are just like in these chairs, and they're just jacked into this virtual reality. And at that point, they don't even really know that that's what the case is. But yeah, but this wouldn't even be that because these are perfect AI copies of people with no yeah. bodies. That so right. like they, you'd find it be like this video game is great, like Skyrim Eight. I love this game, and it turns out it's because all the NPCs are actual <laughs> copies of humans. Yeah, it did also remind me of the whole like when they brought back um, Artemis's grandmother. It reminded me a little bit of um, there's an episode of Futurama where oh, there's yeah. like a old folks home for like the digital representations of dead people because they've <laughs> and they have to go save someone from it i don't remember all the yeah, details but it, it's, it's a they like transport farnsworth to like the old folk prison planet oh yeah yeah, yeah. It, like, once you're 85 you have to go to the 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 planet where <laughs> yeah he's like i don't want to go i have links yeah. wired to organize um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, be, yeah I, I feel like that's like a, a like another plot point to be written of like this this spaceship is weird as shit there's no people on it <laughs> what does the spaceship do what is your purpose yeah that would be kind of weird like oh, that'd, be, that'd be a good one like uh a you know enterprise style ship finds it they scan it they see that there are no life signs on it mm-hmm. they're like wow i guess it's derelict tractor beam that shit they pull it in the ships try to get away or whatever still because like Fine, and then it then the oasis infects the um, the enterprises, the holodeck, yeah. and then that. The, oh <laughs> yes, yes, they all they all appear on the holodeck, and then it's a whole like Moriarty situation. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they try to beam themselves off of the holodeck so that they're now real again. Yeah. No, but like uh, uh, on some level, like this could also be a horror movie because it's like, okay, here's a ship full of ghosts. Yes, literal ghosts. <laughs> like, yeah, ghost ship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's just like the the weird, um, like ethical issues of like you can now revive the ghost version of someone before they're dead. Yep. Yeah. But also, like, apparently, Wade's the only one that has like you have to have the robes of Anorak or whatever to be able to do that. No, 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 so. no. It's the Rod of Resurrection who can do it. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. There's yeah. only one of. There's only one of them. So like, is there just like some poor guy that like his job is to just be like, you're alive again, you're alive again, you're alive again, like yes, because there's no no should get into the source code of that thing for some reason. Apparently, yeah, they can't yeah. just they can't copy it. They don't have a rod of duplication or something like that. That that'd be Ready Player Three, the rod of duplication. It's all other. It, it's it's what fourteen quests. <laughs> all of the ethics of it. You've got someone they're like. So I don't, you know, my significant other is mad at me and um, 
can you just reset them to before they remembered what I, they're mad at me I for? I think he, like, he tried to like hand wave that and be like, okay, the rod only copies them as they are and makes them immutable somehow. Because like, well, but um, Artemis's grandmother comes back and they brought her back from a backup with, before she started to suffer dementia. Yes. And she's also young. She's not an old lady because. Well, it's because you you wake up with your minds. Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's your ideal self. It kind of makes sense. Digital projection of your internal self or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that part it. actually makes sense. Like, I feel like if, if that did work, you would come back as like your your peak self of however you see yourself. Actually, you'd probably be weird because. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think your own self image is accurate or healthy <laughs> often yes. yeah <laughs> everyone comes back looking like a movie star or something like that yeah just a whole planet of benedict cumberbatches <laughs> uh, no i'm trying to think i just read a book jason momoa's <laughs> so, so what you're saying you just read a book. <laughs> i just read a book recently where uh, they found a derelict ship and like things were going crazy. And the person who was on the ship got copied into the ship's AI. Was it the last Bob first book that that happened? I don't think so. No. And burned. I would it. say what the last Bob first book is, but I still want Sam to read it. So therefore I actually won't spoil this one. That's fair. <sighs> it's so good. Yeah. Heaven's River, where they have the the things. Yeah, yeah. Sam, stick your fingers in yours. <laughs> recording later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was it a Skippy book? It might have been a Skippy book. All right, I think we might be okay. Anyway, the weeds, sorry. and we've been talking for ninety minutes. <laughs> yes, an hour and twenty five. Off of we're going to get attacked by Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do seem to like have this like weird timeout about about ninety minutes. We just completely go off the rails of. Yeah, like, let's talk about everything except what our topic for the day was. Yeah. So anyway, like I guess the moral of the story is we all actually liked Ready Player Two, even if we critiqued it. It's just yeah. because we liked. It. I enjoyed it. I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. I, I enjoyed the experience of reading it. I would not read it again. Okay. okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. That's fair. There's like movies and stuff like that. I've like watched and went. Glad I watched that. I think I've got one more listen in me. Just be, like this conversation brought up things that I think I either missed or forgot for sure. And, you know, another listen would solidify those. Yeah. I was really. If we had decided to do this a little bit further out, I probably would have listened to it again. Because, like, I did that when we did the Dresden Files episode. Mm -hmm. And I I basically read it and then immediately read it again. Yeah. Just to kind of get it all solidified. Yeah. Well, like, the Dresden Files, I would read all of those again. Because that's, like, that's... That's not a slog or anything. What? Yeah, but I think that's the difference, I think, of, of like... Yeah. No, I... Anyway, well, well read yeah, Armada. I, I, so we can come back and shit all over that and then love it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, to sum up, I, I would recommend 
anyone that still wants to read it after we spoiled it and shit on it for 90 minutes. Like, I would recommend... Yeah, if you've done... But, yeah, if you haven't read it and still want... I would actually recommend reading it. I think it's a worthwhile read. It's not a hard read. No. And, yeah. If you haven't read it, I don't know how you've gotten this far in the podcast. Yeah. That's true. if 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 you have a friend that hasn't read it, I would still recommend it to them. I just... And yes, and hopefully we will come. I'll I'll reconvene here for Armada in some amount of time. So I got I got to get to the next VGO and, book first. And we are Bob. Yeah, I'll just read. I'll just take the next month off and read. <laughs> it's fine, Sam. We are Bob is only like up to five books. Yeah, and then there's the Skippy series or Expeditionary Force book that I think is seventeen or eighteen. Oh, no big deal. I just feel longer than serious books mm. okay good enough. anyway <laughs> all right thank well, you that's... everyone that is not listening <laughs> <laughs> well you see episode four about ready player two and now i get to play the new outro music wait that I wait made. we should we should thank our guest first oh yeah sorry joe we're terrible and <laughs> not professional by this uh i forget too and i'm way deeper in my podcast than you are so but thank thank you you. thank you thank you for joining us this has been fun yeah it's been awesome cool bye everyone now for the outro music